I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we review every single time that Jean Grey has realized that she has the Phoenix powers inside of her and Xavier has tried to put an end to it. Because yeah, every just single it's gonna time. keep happening. Every single time. We've seen it all before, and here it is again on X-Men Evolution. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. Once again, in this fantastic episode of Jean Grey, this version of Jean Grey, though, gets a lot more screen time than the Dark Phoenix actually did in the animated series. She does. And, you know, Xavier gets less screen time. I liked that. I was like, I did, too, because the only lines he has in this are like, Jean's in trouble. We should try to brainwash her. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then he just like backs his wheelchair out of the room slowly and is like, I'm not really in this episode. And it's like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. Um, Okay, wait. I was going to say this episode also features Scott and Duncan, who I guess are rivals for Gene's attention, but I'm pretty sure they're just trying to fuck each other. It's very strange. They're so obsessed with each other. But I feel like that's kind of realistic to like teen boys, though, where like... Is it? I don't know. I did not have that experience. I don't know. I feel like I've seen this happen where like guys get so into each other that they like forget it's even about a girl and then also they're gay you know what though <laughs> i think you're right though because think about it so we have like duncan and scott who are like rivaling each other but then also we have gene and rogue in this and they it's they're... true and they fight in a very different way like it's psychological yeah. in the way right. that they're competitive which is more like how girls are socialized to compete with each other also rogue doesn't play dirty she's more just sad yeah i don't know i thought it was a good episode I thought so too. I guess we should talk about this episode. I but guess so. previously on the X Men, <laughs> it's season two of X Men Evolution. There's really nothing relevant to say here other Not than I really. guess Rogue is like into Scott. I don't remember when that manifested. We should probably say that Risty Wild exists. So there's this random character who's in season two. Her name's Risty Wild and she's besties. Definitely with Rogue. not Psylocke. She's definitely not Psylocke, although she does look like Psylocke and she's British. She's from Manchester and she's got a really thick accent. Yeah. And. We know she's Mystique. But if you know, if you're watching the show for the first time, you probably would not know. I did not know. The first time I saw this show, I had no idea it was Mystique, even though it's very obvious that it has to be her because her eyes are like green. Because she's doing a very good job of acting in this. I really thought it was going to turn out to be Psylocke the first time I saw it like 15 years ago. Oh, sorry. 20 years ago. This is like 2000, right? (laughs) There's a few times where like she has to be surprised by something Mystique already knows. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Mystique's really nailing the acting job here. Um, so I don't know. So anyway, I mean, it's that's kind of sad for is. Mystique. Okay. The oh, other yeah. thing I wanted to say is that I guess Scott and Rogue have been sort of like flirtatious since Scott tried well, recruiting her. 
It's more like Rogue has had an unrequited crush on Scott the whole time, which I feel like they put in just because they don't have anyone else for Rogue to be interested in, and they want to continue to hammer home that like she can't touch anyone. She's very yeah, but I guess lonely. like Kitty Pride doesn't get a love interest on this show at all. So uh, hello, she's like clearly interested in Lance in this episode. Like this okay, episode is the one where it crosses over, and she and Lance are like in each other. Oh, I I know you I know you want I know you want Lance to be gay, but like for real, I think they're trying to actually put those two together. I know, but it's interesting because okay, so we're in this part of the show now where the Brotherhood are basically friends of the X Men, but they just see different perspectives. But like without Mystique there telling them what to do, the Brotherhood seems yeah yeah it seems like the Brotherhood doesn't actually want to fight the x-men i think they I mean, like i feel like it's like a classic 80s rom-com thing where like kitty's the good girl and lance is the bad boy but he's like i'm gonna try to be good for her oh my god and, like, this sounds like kitty would be stated like he was a skater boy <laughs> like, <laughs> it is that though i don't know i i did at least appreciate that lance like didn't try to murder anyone in this episode even though in like the previous two episodes he was like <laughs> is this gonna impress kitty if i like kill a man in cold blood and kitty's like uh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's funny, though, because now Lance is acting relatively normal. I know. It's like he finally figured out that maybe he needed to, like, calm down. Anyway, we should talk about the episode. Um, yeah, okay, so the episode's called Power Surge, um, yeah. and it's about Jean Grey, and it opens up with Principal Kelly announcing an assembly. Like, there's an assembly in the, in the auditorium. auditorium. I almost called it the theater, which it would the also theater. be accurate. They're on a stage in the theater. Yeah, it's, it's like the first and last time we see them in this theater. It's not like the Simpsons <laughs> yeah, where we I keep know, on it's... coming back to this one room. Anyway, so they're announcing an assembly, and it's because they're handing out trophies for how wonderful their soccer tournament was. This was another thing that ever happened in my high school. It we had was like, not. We yeah. had like a pep rally, but we never had like a, everyone got together so we could hand out trophies to certain kids. That's terrible. It kind of is. And also like the kids voted on the most valuable player, which like this is a thing in like adult leagues where you like have the MVP, but like not in high school because in high school it's like considered unfair. They literally call this an MVP in this episode. They do. Like Jean Grey gets voted to be the MVP who was voted on and she gets to go onto the stage in front of the entire fucking school and give a speech <laughs> impromptu like completely unplanned speech and i was like who this would never happen but anyway gene gene is going up he, there i know he calls her up there and everyone's cheery too they're like yeah gene gray and like the yeah. whole room's chanting gene gray gene gray and i'm like yeah. what is happening like was yeah. she really that good apparently and so like um we see all the x-men cheering and then we see risty wild and rogue sitting together and rogue is not cheering and risty is like nudging her and is like is that any way to support your housemate and rogue is like perky jean's got enough people gushing over her and so then jean goes up to the podium and she like starts giving a little speech but then so this is like a classic jean gray thing she starts having this experience of her telepathy going out of control and she can't control what she's hearing so she first starts hearing rogue's voice in her head but it's rogue's thoughts and rogue's voice is like ride that popularity train for all it's worth and then rogue sort of sees gene looking at her and is like why is she looking at me and then gene starts like looking around the whole auditorium in a panic and like hearing everybody's overlapping thoughts like from scott and kurt being like come on gene 
give her speech. I know. I know. It's, and we hear some people be like, what is she doing? I, yeah, like, because it's probably really weird. like a completely silent room in reality where like right. everyone's just fucking sitting there. Like, what is happening? Okay, but I, I also liked that like there were questions being asked like, what is she doing? Wow, this is awkward. And somebody was like, I want a donut. Like, you know, yeah. the background. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I really like that that was also in there, you know? Yeah, they do a good job with the like background patter on this show and they always they have. So, um... Jean eventually loses it and just screams, stop it. I can't hear myself think. And then she falls over backwards onto the trophy table and like crashes into everything. Yeah. And then for some reason, no one intervenes to be like, "Um, (laughs) clearly this child can't give this speech and just like had a meltdown on stage. This school is like not a normal school. Okay. It's not. So Principal Kelly's just standing there like, this is fine. And then Jean picks herself back up again in the silence of the auditorium. After she's beheaded her trophy. Yeah. Her trophy shatters on the ground. (laughs) And then she just steps back up to the podium and she's like ha sorry so anyway i'd like to thank my teammates and like gives the fucking speech still i know I was she, like, what i don't know she turns into it's like weird she gets up there and she screams i can't hear myself think to a totally silent room falls down gets up she goes <laughs> sorry i kind of lost my head there holding the broken trophy and everyone's like oh comedy routines with Jean gray here we go it's i was like what so is happening awkward. I, I was like i feel like they should have made it a little bit less awkward i had a lot of questions about yeah. why nobody had noticed nope, anything no that was teacher. happening there's a scene in here where she's in like out on the track field with like a thousand kids roger and she's like whirling things around with her mind and nobody sees it and i'm like what is happening like, i don't know where that's that's the climax of the episode well almost the climax it's not really i mean it's kind of like somewhere halfway through anyway so yeah, outside so- evan is mad that he can't get an mvp for skateboarding and kitty's like i don't know even know why you're saying that uh- <laughs> <laughs> and evan is like why don't we have a skateboarding team it's kind of cute but it's like again the writers being like should we write a line for evan he hasn't talked in 10 years <laughs> yeah, he hasn't talked since before the season finale of the last season yeah also storm is not in this episode again she's not in the show where anymore. the fuck is she i want i, I really I want know. to know where storm is she is not here she's not she in any not episode exist. she hasn't been in the entire season i feel like i we was gonna say her yeah all. remember at the end of season one where she just shows up at the very end in costumes she's like where is everyone i'm like where were you like yeah like she does get that moment where she gets to fight mystique which we liked but like technically that moment as you said was precipitated by her walking and being like ah back from my vacation from i don't know where the grocery store in my costume i've been at the grocery store for the past 10 years See, no, okay now i'm curious i'm gonna look something up real quick are you just looking up if Storm ever appears on the show <laughs> no, again? No, I'm just looking like at season Googling two. to see if she's going to even be on the fucking show. I feel like we may not see her until episode seven, in which that one's entitled African Storm, but I could oh be wrong. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Like, I hope she's not, like, being... The story of that is terrible, and I'm not re- prepared for that episode. It might be better than I remember it being, but all I remember is a bunch of, like... Stereotypes. Tribal African stereotypes running yeah. in and kidnapping Storm, and they're like, my people are here. And I was like, uh, what? That sounds really embarrassing. It, I could but- be wrong. It could actually be correct Good. but I, I doubt it because this is 2001 so yeah i have very low expectations for that so anyway this scene with evan and kitty ends with lance just walking up to kitty casually and being like hey kitty wait up i'll walk you to chemistry and the two of them just walk there together and it's completely normal okay so and like this like, whole episode what? i keep on thinking that something's gonna like 
happen like you know lance is gonna pull something it doesn't amount to anything they're just friends that's the whole now well they're they're flirty with each other i would say i mean i I I mean but so are pietro and evan i mean you know Okay, but Ryan, and, it's and also Toad the, and Kurt. Like, what is with like all the X Men having these like weird relationships with the other Brotherhood members? I agree with you. I'm just saying this is the canon straight relationship that the show is trying to sell to us. Is <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of those in here. I know we refuse to acknowledge these things on this show, but that I mean, they're is also trying to sell canon. us on Scott and Gene, which they this sure is probably are. the first time maybe. It yeah, is there. it's the first time in ages that they've tried to get us to care about Scott and Gene. I think it's the first time they've tried at all. In which yeah. Scott's like suddenly like, I've got a boner for Gene Grey. And everyone's well, like, D- in okay. In the past, he's been like, I'm attracted to Gene, like while rubbing Kurt's thigh. But like <laughs> in this episode, in this episode, Scott is genuinely, I mean, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I mean, it's fine. I'm okay with the X-Men being bisexual. If they're all bi, that's great. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, also this show is supposed to be like straight queer. because it came out in 2001. So like they can't oh, like really use everything. it straight and I just say queer. Yeah, anyway. you were doing something else there. I Anyway. <laughs> Jean's hiding in a stairwell somewhere, like by herself. Scott finds her. No, she's back in the auditorium. She went back there. Okay, well, she's alone. She's just yeah. sitting by herself, like having a little emo moment. Anyway, so Scott finds her and he's like, yo, what the fuck was all that earlier? And Jean's yeah. like, it was definitely not me having a power problem. See you at Duncan's. She like laughs. She's like, it's fine. I'm tired. Cool. It's cool. And Scott's like, I'm not going to that party because. Duncan just makes me suck his dick when you're not around. And also, I have like 93 hours of homework that I'm really excited to do. Yeah. And Jean is like, you need to go to the party because like, maybe I'll fuck you if you go. Anyway, bye. And Scott's like, what? <laughs> and it actually does lead to Scott going and it's very comical. But it then, is. who do we get to meet a chemistry class? Because first, Lance is there with Kitty and he's like... They're a chemistry lab partners, I guess. Yeah, he's They're... like trying to convince her that he's into chemistry, but he actually yep. might be because he sits there and he lists awesome some of the stuff that he did and he's like... he's and it's, Kitty's like, oh, are you going to make a stink bomb? And he's like, uh, I don't really know how to make that. <laughs> and he makes a fart joke about Fred, which I was like, okay, whatever. I was annoyed. I'm like, what? Maybe it's you, Lance. Maybe you're farting in your sleep. It turns out that all people fart. And so then, who should walk in but Hank Jubilee? McCoy. Oh, yeah, Hank Jubilee. McCoy. Jubilee is in this episode, by the way. Sort of. Sort yeah, of. Sort of. Um, so anyway, Beast walks in, except that he's not blue. He just looks like a white guy, um, but he's super muscular. And so yeah. he walks in and he's quoting a fucking poem. And I just wrote, I'm so glad Beast is back. I, <laughs> I love this. He's yeah, me fucking too. quoting a Lewis Carroll poem from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, and, and he's also late, by the way, because he was he also late. teaching. Why is he late? He, be, because he says he was teaching phys ed. And I was okay, like, why does this school excuse? have three teachers? There's why three does teachers. school have literally no one who works at it? Okay, there's like, there's, Mystique did all the roles before, but before that, there was like that one guy that was the science fiction video teacher for Evan. And he was also the person that took them out to the mountains, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. We yeah, never see I him again. I already forget that guy's name. Now it's just Principal Kelly and Beast. There's nobody else at the school teaching it. So then Beast is like, I'm Mr. McCoy. I'm sorry for being late. I was also like 
aren't you Dr. McCoy? But whatever, it's fine. Also, wait, is this like their first day back to school? I guess. I don't know. Like, they're all acting as though they've never met him before. So it's like his first ever chemistry class. But that makes no sense because they've already been in school because they've done an entire season of soccer already. Right. And like, also, they just made a big point about that. So maybe he's like the new chemistry teacher or 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 which what makes more sense is that this is just a new semester. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, as far as we're concerned, this is the first time that Beast is introducing himself to the entire school. So like, yes. who knows how they were getting taught chemistry before, but whatever, this is his first time there. Oh, yeah, so, okay. So then, but then let's, what, what does he say? Hank goes, today we're going to make stink bombs, which yeah, is really everybody's funny. everybody's so excited. It is pretty funny. Like Hank is immediately the cool teacher. Like, I mean, right he would be. Bat. I mean, we be. know that even from X-Men, the animated series, because Jubilee is like the one student in that show and in that jubilee is like you're the best teacher here which she's not wrong like scott's too hard gene doesn't talk on that rogue's too busy being like i gotta go around and fuck gambit in the background and gambit's just fucking everyone like they're just torny in the background logan can't control himself so that really leaves like beast is like the only functional person well storm she she said that about storm too she said storm was a good mentor so anyway back to the x mansion um scott and kitty run into each other literally in the hall because kitty still bumps into people all the time it's adorable okay that's because kitty like just refuses to use doors she also refuses to use her powers like she (laughs) is constantly bumping into things which i feel like that's part of the joke well no she uses her powers to walk through the door but then as soon as she sees somebody she like phases back into solid form so she can walk into that building like oops didn't see you there it's like what yeah this by the way is scott trying to leave for duncan's party and it's like he's late like he's running out because because he's also clearly having an anxiety attack and like (laughs) do you know when you have an anxiety attack like this especially when you're running late and suddenly like everything seems to get in your way and your anxiety just gets worse and worse and worse that's what scott's about to experience because Kitty just yep. phases out of the room and crashes into him. And she's like, hey, Scott, what do you think I could do about this stink bomb aroma? And Scott's like, get the fuck away from me. And then he <laughs> tries running down the stairs and like Cannonball and Wolfsbane are like running, running up it. They the like stairs, like chasing each other for no reason. They're like literally playing tag in the Ike's mansion. And Scott like falls down 6,000 stairs. <laughs> yeah, he like rolls down the stairs, gets up. And then we see outside Bobby and Jubilee are leaning against Scott's car. Yeah. Bobby put, like, makes a little ice ballerina because that's one of his moves because he's definitely not gay. Yeah, he's this is the gayest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, Iceman, even in the comics, does that. He's always like, I made you an ice ballerina. And I'm like, okay, no straight man like makes ice ballerinas, but okay. And yeah. then <laughs> it's fine because Jubilee's also not straight, so it's just like two gay people like trying to convince themselves they're straight talking. I don't to know. Each I other. think they're just hanging out. And then Scott comes out, and we discover that <laughs> Iceman also just covered the entire front yard in ice for no Which reason. Is really, really funny. So Scott and, is like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, like, he, he like goes on for fifteen full minutes to be like, wow, like him so like trying to fall, not fall on the ice crashes into his car and bobby's like not even worried like bobby's just in the foreground like oh i guess that happened and like doesn't give a shit and cyclops <laughs> cyclops is like drake try cleaning up your fucking eyes and then like hops in the car and drives it away and jubilee and bobby are like well that was rude and just like continue doing whatever they're doing. <laughs> yeah even though they're like leaning against his car yeah then scott drives to duncan's party and we go inside see that duncan is just like kicking a soccer ball around and he's like, he shoots. I don't know what he does. He kicks it out the door. He scrapes. He scores. But then somehow, yeah. the, somehow the ball flies out of his house. Like 
at least Down like the road. 70 like, feet like in the air and like, like hits. okay longer than that it's like a full mile like scott yeah, is like pulling up to the house like from <laughs> far away and the soccer ball like flies out of the house all the way to scott's head where it hits scott in the head and then falls into his car it's and scott crazy. gets ready to shoot somebody and then he realizes that nobody's there yeah like scott like immediately like touches his glasses and like whirls around like who the fuck through the soccer ball at me. It's, it's like, actually Mr. Oh. Sinister in the bushes just trying yeah. to make drama happen. Yeah, like Mr. Sinister caught the soccer ball and then like ran really quickly all the way down to like throw it at Scott. <laughs> to fuck with a summer's boy. That is yeah, actually yes, believable. Actually, that is exactly what happened. And so then Scott kind of like realizes that no one is anywhere near him and he's like, obviously this is not the party I should be going to. And it's like, well, you're already here, dude. I know. So, anyway, so inside Jean's yelling at Duncan, right? I don't remember what she's yelling at yeah, him about. Yeah, she likes it's because when Duncan was playing with the soccer ball, he was like saying hut one, hut two. And so she makes fun of him and is like, that's football ball not soccer or that's soccer not football you fucking idiot oh yeah that's right and then Risty Wild is there with Rogue with in the Rogue and they are wearing amazing They're outfits so goth it's oh great. my god Rogue's outfit here is it's it is like badass. peak goth in 2000 it's like literally how Steph dressed every single day of her life I, with I, the, like all belts. of our goth friends I know yeah. well Steph actually thought she was Rogue so I mean there's well, that well she was so. also in real life yeah exactly so, so Risty Wild is from Manchester so she like makes a little football soccer joke because of course you know football soccer oh also the music here is fantastic I just want to make note of that all the music in this show is really fucking good yeah this is a cool party so Rogue is chugging a bottle which I was like is this vodka like, okay, is that it is. It's one hundred. Well, I, 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 okay. I had to rewind because I thought it was wa- a water bottle, and my first thought was, oh, she put vodka in a water bottle. I think they make it look like a water bottle, but the way they talk about it. Well, the, yeah, the way they talk about it, but also she re- if when i went to rewind it it's not the shape of a water bottle it's yeah, more it's of not. a vodka bottle and they, yeah. Risty's drinking out of like a red solo cup number one and then of course rogue's drinking straight from the bottle the way that she throws it back is not how somebody drinks water i think it's supposed to seem like alcohol but it's also like if a kid were watching this show and they didn't know it was alcohol they would just think it's a bottle yeah i mean that's the same thing i said about that brotherhood house in the yes. last episode where like the only thing they had were bottles of liquor, which were clearly Not whiskey. Not referred to, but... Yeah, but they can't yep. say what it is on the show. So they're clearly getting shit-faced at this show. That's what's happening. And I love it. I love that Rogue is drinking straight vodka, so... Yeah, Rogue is not doing well. And so she's chugging this vodka, and Risty's like, what's with you? Which, like, you wouldn't really say to somebody if they were just having a sip of water. And so Rogue is like, where I'm from, people like me never party with people like them. And then she hears the door open and she sees Scott walking in and Scott is like threateningly carrying the soccer ball like he's about to murder someone with it, basically. And it's like, okay. And then he throws it at Duncan and he shouts, yo, duck. And then Rogue gets up and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go. I don't want to be here at all. Yeah. And Risty's like, where the fuck are you going? And Rogue is like, I'm pretty much done celebrating Gene's popularity. And then in the background, you can like see that Scott is talking to Gene and Duncan. Right. And Risty's like, Oh, you want to fuck Scott? I get it now. And Rogue is like, yeah. "No, I don't." And she like runs away. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. Rogue's like, "Shut the fuck up!" No, why would I like Scott? No one likes him. Even I don't even like him. I'm out of here. Like you know, that's what she does basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then Risty is like, "Okay, fine. Well, I'm coming with you, but I don't want to miss anything good." Which is really mm-hmm. funny that Mystique like <laughs> is also Mystique like, is "I like just clearly... want to see what drama goes down between Scott and Duncan." <laughs> She's not wrong. Like clearly, Mystique is like, "This is actually a pretty fun party," but I guess I'll hang out with my kid. 
So Scott and Duncan play ping pong for like, I don't know, three full hours. Like this is the and longest it's like scene. super sexual. Like you think that they're going to like throw each other on the table and start fucking it's right there. Like it's like insane. As they're playing ping pong, they're like leaping for the ball and they knock into people like yeah people are getting knocked over because they're they're crashing into people the ball's bouncing off off of people and off the walls yeah then eventually i like how jean says a question here she goes would you like any order she goes would you two like any hors d'oeuvres like macho cheese dip and duck is like yeah can you also get me a soda yeah like like, he clearly doesn't get the pun that she's making he also was like not listening and so they continue to crash around in front into everyone until jean psychically stops the ball with her mind grabs yeah, it and i'm like did nobody like see that everyone could have seen that there's like a guy in the background who like clearly sees it and I was yeah like, there's also like i think taryn sees it. isn't that who it is behind her i don't yeah, fucking know there's like multiple people around Jean while she like stops the ball with her mind and grabs it because it's, like, it's not like she does it like quickly she stops it and like it for like a full three seconds so it's just and like stares there. at it while it's stopped in the air in front of her face and then she grabs it i was like right. Jean, you've got to get better at this shit <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, in two, two seconds, she's not very good at that either. Yeah, you're you're right. So then she grabs Duncan and she drags yeah, him Yeah, she away. grabs Duncan and she's like, Duncan, why are you too aggressively flirting? And Duncan's like, I didn't even invite him here. And Jean's like, yeah, and what's up with that? And Duncan's like, hey, if we're going to chew down, let's, like, dance our fuck or something. And Jean's like, I'm serious, Duncan. Yeah, and so he, like, starts trying to dance with Jean and be like, come on, let's dance, honey. And Jean is like, I'm serious. I think he's drunk. I think everyone's drunk in this situation. I mean, even Jean, because I think that's why Probably. she loses control again two seconds, because this is a way more wild than it was two seconds ago. And so Jean's like, I'm serious, Duncan. Don't make me choose between you and my friends. Yeah. And then suddenly Jean starts having a moment. <laughs> yeah. She starts hearing everybody's thoughts again and like clutching her head and she can't shut everything out. And then Duncan is like, Jean, are you okay? And she pushes him away. And then she like runs off to the balcony, which is where Scott already is moping by himself because he literally doesn't know how to enjoy a party. And so then Scott sees Jean like clutching her head and he's like, Jean and like starts to walk over to her. And as soon as she sees anyone coming towards her, she like uses her telekinesis and like pushes Scott off the balcony and he's like falling to his death. And then there's a dramatic commercial break. I know. We come back. We cut back. Luckily, we find out that there's a pool directly beneath him. Not that yes. he crashes into it, because Gene then catches him telekinetically. But then Duncan walks out, and he's like, Gene, are you okay? And Gene drops Scott into the pool. And then mm-hmm. Duncan walks over, and he's like, Summers, what the fuck are you even doing? And Scott's like, checking your chlorine level. And then Duncan goes, well, stay in there, and let's skinny dip. And Gene's like, what is, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> Yeah. So then the next scene is Scott and Jean back at the mansion together because I guess they went home after this fun excursion and Jean is apologizing and Scott is like angrily taking off his completely soaking wet sweater. Yeah, he's just like getting naked in the foyer of the mansion and, like, and Xavier rolls out and he's like, what the fuck's happening here? It's actually yeah. kind of funny because I was like, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Sometimes Xavier does have those moments where he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, yeah, unexplained. I mean, it's a fair question because like, <laughs> what the fuck did happen? And Gene is like, nothing. And then Kurt appears in full costume. He's like, what was it though? And we're like, Kurt, where did you, how did you even hear this? Where were you? Why are you in costume at like 9 p.m.? Like, what's going I on? I don't know. I don't know. Gene says like, nothing. I'm going to bed. And then this incredible moment happens where rogue comes through with Risty, and this is before we know that Risty's mystique yep. so as far as we know this is just rogue bringing her friend over and she's clearly giving Risty a tour of the mansion mm-hmm. and kurt quickly quickly turns himself back into human form and almost gets caught 
And Rogue walks into the room and everybody's just staring at them. And Rogue goes, which brings us back to the foyer where everyone forgets their manners and just stares at you. And I laughed (laughs) really hard at that. It's super funny. I couldn't believe that Xavier didn't even get his shit together and managed to say something. Like, he's the adult in this situation. He just fucking stares at this child in his house. Right. And he's like, ah. Uh. And Scott is the one who's like, hey, Risty, what's up? And Risty's like, like no oh, look, you're soaking wet. I knew we would miss something. And then Kitty just walks through the wall and she's yeah. like, how do I smell now? Risty's like, where the fuck did she come from? And Kitty's like, she doesn't, even Kitty doesn't answer. She goes, uh. <laughs> okay and then logan's theme song starts playing this in the is background. so unnecessary this is such a logan move because he just like walks out pulls out his claws he goes shink and then he yeah. like grabs an Stabs apple an out apple. of a fruit bowl which why is there a fruit bowl in this room by the way and it's know. like just I on this tiny know. little like nightstand in the corner he like he like claws at it sees what's going on and then quickly turns around and he goes and they say, I'm the rebel bub. And I was like, <laughs> Logan, you didn't need to do that, though. Yeah, it's like clearly just a sign that Logan walks around the house stabbing things with his claws constantly. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like that's how casual he is about it, is that he's like just casually leaving his claws out. Like he's constantly carrying knives. The, the queer metaphor here is like when Logan's home, he walks around ass naked, naked. and fucks dudes Completely all day. Does naked. not care. Like, yep. Doesn't even give a shit. Just like playing gay porn on his phone while walking into the room. <laughs> I, like, okay, Logan can't use a phone. But also, <laughs> I, I find it really funny that Logan, in particular, in all these ver- like different variants of him, he's all like trying to be tough and macho all the time. But then it's like he's always doing stupid shit like this. And it's like, Logan, you don't need to ever do half the things that you do. Like, you yeah. clearly enjoy the drama. Anyway, so then Xavier <laughs> turns around and he's like, Jesus Christ, all of you, like, get it together. <laughs> Yeah, but he's also mad at Rogue because at the end of the day, he's like, I blame Rogue for bringing her friend over. But whatever. Anyway, so then the next scene. Yeah, I, I don't like that, though. I mean, so. I don't know. I, I could, I'm of two minds about it. I, I feel like Xavier should have gotten his shit together and been like, um, hello, Risty. I'm Xavier and uh, let's go outside. I know. Well, Xavier didn't do anything to help. But anyway, so Risty leaves and she says, don't worry about it. I'll see you at school tomorrow. And then Xavier's like, I'm sorry, Rogue. There's a reason we have scheduled visits for obvious reasons, because if we know people are coming we can all pretend we're straight and it's like (laughs) and rogue is like whatever i just won't have any more friends over ever again i mean which is so that is such a teenager moment i know it's i'm sure i screamed that at my mom at one point when she like came home or my dad came home and they were like hey your friend has to leave because we got stuff to do you're like fine i guess i won't do anything (gasps) i'm never gonna have friends in my life ever again thanks mom yeah and it's like um how about instead you just tell the other people who you live with what's going on ahead of time as opposed to just i don't know doing shit randomly and expecting it to go fine you know xavier is right about that but then i don't like that he turns around he's like rogue you're the problem with everything here and it's like dude stop blaming rogue for everything like you know maybe talk to her i think that's part of the problem she clearly doesn't trust you so try anything like xavier doesn't respond to this by being like uh actually i do want you to have friends over i just want you to schedule it no he's just like nope you're right you don't have friends and then yeah like he doesn't say anything and so then rogue walks back up the stairs being like thinking to herself just in her head you wouldn't treat gene like this and gene hears it but thinks that rogue said it out loud and she's like hey that's not true he doesn't treat me any differently than you and rogue flips around and she's like who gave you permission to go in my head Yeah, she flips the fuck out she's like get the fuck out bitch i feel like rogue is in the right here though no i agree she thinks that gene was fucking with her 
yeah. and Jean is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that happened. And Rogue is like, yeah, right. And yeah, like, I don't stomps fucking believe off. you. And then yeah. like Jean leaves the room and Xavier kind of like rolls after and he's like, so your powers are <laughs> under control, Jean. And Jean's yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. I just need to go to sleep because I just finished soccer. Now I'm trying out for literally every sport that is in school yeah. and maybe some community theater. And, and also, also Scott, Scott and Duncan are fucking now. And like, that's really weird. And yeah, he's like, I, um, okay, I guess you are just tired. <laughs> like, but he, but no, know. well, he has that line there where he's like, he's like, oh, your powers are growing. Let me help you. Let me go into your mind. It's like, whoa, yeah. calm down, dude. And by the way, I think he does brainwash her at the end of this. So. I mean, unclear. Anyway, so Jean's like, yeah, I'm going to bed. Good night. Uh, so now we go to gym the next day. This is the scene I was talking about earlier. It's actually the, I think it's the track and field tryouts, by the way. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because that right. explains what's going on. I thought it was gym class at first too, but then I was like, oh, this has to be the auditions, auditions. I'm a theater kid. It's tryouts. And so we know that Jean's there and Duncan and Scott and Kitty, and they yep. are all trying They're out. They're trying out for track and field, which apparently Hank McCoy also runs because now he's got every job. He's the only teacher in this school. And he's not going to be the teacher for much longer. So that's even funnier. Anyway, I, I don't know why Kitty is trying out. I know that Kitty... In the comic books is somebody who is like really well trained because she's like a fucking ninja. But when we first met her, she like was the least athletic out of everyone. So it's kind of funny that she is now trying out for this. Well, she has been waking up at four every day and training in the danger room. That's true. I guess maybe that has changed things. Anyway, so they're all wearing school uniforms, which is kind of cute. And Scott and Duncan are still like flirting and like. I don't know, touching each other with javelins. Like, it's really yeah, weird. So they're all throwing javelins, which I, I didn't have javelins at my high school. Like, this seems very dangerous, just as an aside. So they're throwing javelins everywhere. This happens a lot in, like, old cartoons, though, For that has, like, a teenager at school thing. They always do, like, the javelin jump, so. Yeah, and so then they, yeah, then they do the pole hurdle thing. I think we did have javelin jumping at mine, actually. Wow, that's pretty badass. I don't think we did at my school, or at least if we did, I was so not a jock that i had no idea was happening like i remember the i remember the poles being set up with like the bar and the mats underneath it i wow. remember seeing the thing but like it probably wasn't that high it was probably like six feet off the ground yeah, or something this show it's like 30 feet high and like <laughs> yeah pole vaulting over it and so like gene does it perfectly yeah and scott can't even do it by the way Scott like, can't even fucking do it duncan does it perfectly so it's basically like you see scott do something you see duncan do something and they're like um, one of them does one thing right and then the other one does and they're just fighting the entire time. Gene is also doing great in the background, at least at first. So then Scott and Duncan are racing each other on the track and they like start elbowing each other. I'm not sure who started it, by the way. I thought it was Scott, but I could be wrong. Anyway, Scott ends up getting owned and like thrown to the ground and he loses his glasses and then he can't find them. This is a really good and important scene though yes yeah so he can't find them and he's like groping around on the ground for his glasses and then hank sees it from like across the field and yeah. hank goes over to duncan and he's like hit the showers matthews you're off the team and yeah. then he walks over to scott and hank and meanwhile in the background gene is throwing a javelin and then she starts hearing the overlapping thoughts in her head and starts falling to the ground and being like oh no but like that's just happening in the background so Hank walks up to Scott, he hands him his glasses and he goes, keep your eyes closed and like carefully puts them on him. And it's like, oh, somehow Hank knows that Scott's a mutant yeah. and is cool with it. Right. And because Scott turns around, and he goes, coach. And he says, yeah. take five. And then Hank walks away and then you see Scott smile. And I like I like that it's him clearly being like, 
yo, you're a mutant. We don't know that Beast is a mutant yet. But no, but it's kind of, I mean, you it, can it sort of It reminds me of that scene in X-Men 2000 when Wolverine and Rogue are watching the news report of the mutant coverage. Yeah, and they sort of look at each other and they're like, you gay? Yeah, I'm gay yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like the vibe I was getting here too. And I was like, yeah, that's kind like of awesome. Yeah, or like the teacher so. who's like helping out the queer kid who's being bullied. Like, it's got that energy to it. It's, which, it's a good scene and it's good. it's a good scene to have somebody on their side that's like yeah it's okay you're fine you're safe here but yeah. then this this then really nice moment ends because jean lifts up her javelin and with her Throws mind it? yeah yeah it's like suddenly it's like suddenly she's screaming nobody sees a floating javelin by the way yeah like nobody sees any of this even though there's like a lot of people here i don't right. know i know and so like meanwhile like lance is watching kitty and all the track team get ready to run anyways at kitty and yeah. then and then suddenly this javelin comes flying at them and only Lance sees it. So he creates an earthquake and everybody falls down. And Kitty like is kind of annoyed at first, but then sees the javelin and looks up at Lance and Lance just like, I don't fucking know. Like, what do you want? Like, this is like, I just saved your <laughs> he, ass. He like waves at her and he's like, ah. like, I saved all of you. I don't know why your friend is killing you yeah, now. So but it's a moment where like Kitty and Lance are like buddies like they're officially friends yeah so then meanwhile gene is like throwing shot put balls at everybody they're like, like twirling screaming. around her and i was like does nobody see this <laughs> it's like the full plot of the exorcist is happening like gene's head <laughs> is spinning around and she's like flinging swords at everyone <laughs> there's like 40 people here uh, for some reason no one's noticing this in the middle of the fucking field and so hank is like quickly catching all the shot put balls and we're like oh does hank have super strength hmm what's happening here and Scott like quickly shoots his eye beams at another one, which also no one sees. Yeah, yeah, I was like, nobody sees that. That in that shot, football almost lands on Duncan, but yep. Scott saves his boyfriend or whatever. His fuck yeah, buddy. And meanwhile, the the ball goes all the way up into the air through Principal Kelly's office window, smashes into his desk, and like, <laughs> it's like on it. fire. It's smoking, yeah. you know, just like a meteor crashes into Principal Kelly's office. <laughs> so then Scott runs up to Gene and he's like, Gene, 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 and Gene is like sobbing and she's like help me scott she's like scott jean scott jean i was like oh we're back to this again (laughs) yeah there's only one way to write this and it's scott screaming jean and jean screaming scott okay but then scott at the end of this scene before it goes to like a commercial break he turns directly to the camera and kind of mouths what the fuck like which is really (laughs) funny (laughs) it is pretty funny so then the next scene after the commercial break is that scott has driven her home in the mansion with kitty and so the yep. kitty runs through the doors without even opening them and yells professor and Scott j- carries Jane inside behind her and they take her into this huge scary office which like I don't even think they, we've ever seen I don't seen know like room. first of all they say it's up at some point the reference that it's upstairs so it's not downstairs in like the sub basement it's just this other weird laboratory that Xavier has in one of the rooms like yeah the reason why there's not enough dorms for these kids is because he needs more laboratories I don't, I don't know, know why it's a spooky room it like looks like dracula's castle or some shit there's like a bunch of huge windows anyway it's gonna get destroyed well it's also covered in like medical supplies and shit you know it's like a mr sinister room basically yeah yeah so this is mr sinister's secret bedroom <laughs> so, <laughs> he's one of the students at the school <laughs> yeah mr sinister is a teenager by the way and he goes <laughs> can to you the imagine school? that if like he was one of the non-adult characters on the show that, that they brought him in fucking hilarious and, and like he's just but they were like here's nathaniel like he's a new student at school and like it's just Mr. Sinister straight up. Oh my God. And when she's not that? Nathaniel, he's like Natalie or something. I don't know. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So anyway, none of that is on this episode. So I then, wish it was. <laughs> um, Scott puts Jean down on the table and then suddenly a bunch of objects start flying.
rallying around her and um logan steps in to like drag scott away because storm isn't here and she doesn't exist yeah i don't know where storm is she's not in this episode so xavier is like please scott i'll let you know as soon as i know something and scott's like professor and logan's like you heard the man and like drags him out of the room and they get into an elevator xavier can't do anything either he's like gene and he just gets flung across the room that's the end of that so then xavier goes the whole room explodes by oh yeah that's right the whole room just explodes and the walls fall down but somehow not the rest of the mansion i don't really understand but the mansion is shaking like it's visibly the whole mansion is like rumbling and what is it what is it what movie was it that she was doing that in um it wasn't Derek phoenix it was that other it was x2 maybe no it was apocalypse it was apocalypse oh okay okay yeah it's like that's basically happening and then so I was Xavier actually looking that up so like x2 came out after this episode like this episode is before all of that like right. this is I, the only thing that it could conceivably be based on or inspired by is like the comic books and like x-men tas like that's the only thing they clearly pulled for both like when they first started doing this tv show i mean they clearly had sort of an influence from the movies in the first couple episodes because the pilot just had the characters we had seen in the movies but it's clearly gone off in its own direction very quickly which i appreciate yeah but at this point i'm like i feel like the movies could have taken their direction from the show where like you could watch this and be like yeah maybe this is what influenced x2 and x3 you know what i mean i don't think so because like x3 would have been good maybe but there's some things in x3 that are similar like gene hearing the overlapping thoughts is like the very first precipitation of her powers and like all yeah, that stuff no, you're right you're right i don't they know do a lot of similar things i'm not saying that was like it was good it was shit but like there are some similarities so it was like no, interesting right. to me that it came out so much later uh so the, the xavier comes out into the room and find all the regular x kids there and in, in uniform not any of the new mutants i don't know where the new mutants are during this they yeah, just the are like are just gone. where are they they're, they're, the they're like on a field trip with storm somewhere anyway yeah. so kurt's like what the fuck is even happening up there? Xavier's <laughs> like, Jean's not okay. Her powers are evolving too rapidly for her to control. And Rogue's like, okay, well, what if I drain some of her powers off for her to calm down? And Xavier's like, no! you can't do that. Her mind is too crazy. She needs something to focus on. And Scott's like, what if Rogue drains her powers and I, I have Jean focus on me because I know she loves me deep down. And Logan's <laughs> just like, yeah, we don't have any fucking ideas and the whole place is about to explode. So we need to try something instead of yeah, just standing and here. Apparently like, what we're going to try is Rogue and Scott saving the day because like we have literally no idea. I know. And Xavier responds by going, oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that they can't come up with anything better than I this. Mean, I mean, it is probably the best like plan work. they have. The whole, I mean, the whole mansion is shaking. Like, they're like, we don't have time to develop or wait for somebody to, like, we don't have time for somebody to develop a plan or have yep. somebody, like, show up that can help us. Like, there's no time. Like, yeah, I it's mean, that I everyone think dies. Rogue had a good plan, and I was kind of confused as to why Xavier was like, no, Rogue, you can't touch Gene. And it's like, we have no other options, dude. Anyway, so Logan is uh, Yeah, right. I mean, there's like, this is so it. So they, they go back into the room, immediately, like, a bunch of metal flies off at them, and they all have to, like, use their powers. Okay, this made me laugh so hard, though, because a piece of metal platform of some kind, I don't know, it's like a tray, a metal tray, Lies at Kitty and she just like lets a face through her, but Kurt's directly behind her and it hits him in the face and he's like, Thanks a lot. And she's like, Whoops, sorry, forgot you were there. And I laughed really hard because I like that Kitty just does not think about anything else other than like her phasing and i think that's really funny it is really funny although i'm not really sure what she could have done differently there it's also like an incredibly dark scenes happening and like kitty and kurt are having like a comedy routine in the background they kind of are so like they're all dodging shit and like evan's on his skateboard like shooting spikes at things and like everybody's leaping around the room um kurt eventually bamfs rogue in closer to gene but like still not close enough and there's this like really long scene where rogue is like 
trying to get closer and closer to Jean. It takes like 10 full minutes. She's hanging on by like a cable from the ceiling and it's like yeah, ripping. Yeah, like, like an electric cable that is like slowly breaking. Which is like also like shooting electricity yeah. everywhere. It's like this scene is crazy. So eventually he she does manage to touch her forehead just enough for Rogue to fall down and pass out into Kitty's arms, I think. Yeah. And so then Rogue is talking and it's like Jean's voice is coming out of Rogue, which is like yeah. really spooky. Like it this is whole really episode spooky. is like basically a horror movie in a cool way. They do that a lot on this show. They do. They do. So Scott is like, listen to my voice, Jean, focus on it. And Jean is like, Scott, where are you? But like also Rogue is talking like as Jean and is like, where are you? Help me, Scott. And then Scott ends up holding Rogue in his arms and like talking to Gene, but it's Rogue. I know. And like Gene as Rogue is like, I can't focus on you, Scott. I'm losing you. And Scott is like, don't tell me what you can't do. I know you better than anyone ever has or ever will. Come on, you can do this. And then Gene, like the actual Gene, like says Scott and like falls down onto I the table. I think Rogue says Scott also. Yeah, I they remember. kind of both say at the same time. And then like as soon as Gene falls on the table, Scott like, throws rogue away and is like Jean! And i know like he's holding her. rogue and rogue's like wakes up a little bit and he just like throws her into the other side of the room and meanwhile jean's like she falls down and she's like doing the jean gray thing from x-men the animated series where she's like i'm like i like how the only way to describe jean gray's phoenix powers is by orgasms. the sound of a massive it's orgasm just really intense it's just a really really intense sexy sexy power i know and so jean is like in, or rogue is in the background like crying by herself like wow i guess i'm fucking nothing and it's really yeah, i sad. mean it is really sad but then we get to another scene after this where rogue's looking at jean out the window jean mm -hmm. is like on a bench outside scott walks up to rogue and it's a good bit of conversation though where scott's like you know, you really helped her out, Rogue. And Rogue's like, it's not a big deal. Like, she's like playing it off like it was nothing. And Scott's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but it is kind of a big deal, though. Like, you could have killed yourself. Like, what made yeah. you do it? And Rogue's like, Miss Popularity and I over there, we're worlds apart. Galaxies. But then I realized something. She'd probably do the same thing for me. And Scott's like, believe it, Rogue. We all would. And I, I think that is sort of like an important piece to Rogue's story because remember mm -hmm. in season one, she was not on their side. And even towards the end there, she didn't know how she felt being alongside the X-Men. And I think this is the first time that Rogue's addressed that she has friends here. That she believes they have her back. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to trust Xavier, but she can trust all these other kids. Like oh, right. they actually would back her up. And like, she's her. aware that even though she doesn't like Jean because they don't, have any of the same interests at all she knows that gene would help her if rogue was in a similar situation so mm -hmm. but i don't think rogue's like but i know that the brotherhood and definitely not mystique would do that for me so this yeah. is like a new feeling for me anyway yeah. so now scott goes outside to gene who's like sitting in the sunset which is orange by the way which is not a coincidence to her Dark being the phoenix, phoenix! Yeah, and right. So Jean like has her eyes closed and the wind is blowing and she's like, I smell roses. And then she opens her eyes and it's Scott handing her a huge bouquet of roses. And she's like, thanks, Scott. They're beautiful. And Scott's like, yeah. Unfortunately, they came with a card signed by Duncan. And, and he like, throws this crumbled up, ripped up card at Jean and Jean goes, damage during delivery i see <laughs> it's like, like laughed really, really fucking hard really funny so then scott sits down next to gene and he's like how much of last night do you remember and gene's like it's pretty much a blank and i'm glad for it which that's why i'm like xavier must have brainwashed her at the end of it i know it could have been trauma yeah, and she might be repressing be right. it but i also know that 
Xavier's here. So like maybe it's a little bit of column A, a little column B. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right because like also she's going to be working with Xavier all the time. Like Scott had said that previously in the scene with Rogue that we didn't go over. Like apparently Professor X is going to be working with Jean every fucking day to fix her. And it's like, okay, what yeah, is that Whenever mean? Professor Xavier fix someone's brain, especially it's, it's Jean Grey's, we know shit. how this goes. It's just him like deleting shit and moving things around. <laughs> and he's like... He's like he's like I'm, he's like this external hard drive where he takes the memories and puts them in his brain, but removes yep. them from her and like breaks a bunch of programs in doing so. And it's like, yeah, leaves a virus while happens. he's in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like Xavier is just spam mail. So Gene is like, it's pretty much a blank. I'm glad for it. And Scott kind of leans back and he's like, yeah, I guess he'd rather not think about the whole thing. And Gene goes, exactly. You know, that's what I like about you, Scott you know me better than anyone ever has or ever will and like walks away and it's like oh she does remember and it's got like wait what <laughs> so i guess we're supposed to believe that gene likes him i i guess i guess so but gene's like at the end she's like anyway gonna go fuck duncan now and scott's <laughs> like well guess kurt's blowing me tonight and that's how it ends like <laughs> and then credits yeah, yeah i don't know i i still don't really buy that they're together i even though they're trying harder now to get me to think that gene and scott are attracted to each other i was still kind of like yeah okay so hold on i i know that this is a scene in season three in which gene and scott are hardcore flirting and i know that storm says something along the lines of you know since that day that you and scott like your powers went crazy and you scott built that psychic link you've been like a lot closer and now i'm realizing storm wasn't even here for this Storm's like, yeah, I read about this later on, like in some. I read it in Kitty's live journal post. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Storm is not here. It's crazy that she's not even on this show. Like, it actually is crazy. It's whatever. Really bothersome to me. And again, it's because she should have been one of the teenagers. You know, I I should have been like 100. Like Storm on this show should have been Moira McTaggart, and like Storm should have been in place of Evan. You know? Yeah, and then it would have been fine if Moira wasn't really that big of a part of the show because who fucking cares? It's Moira. She's not a big character. Yeah, but like, that's true. Why would you not have Storm on the show? Like, it makes no sense. I agree. I mean, I am also not against also having Evan and Storm, but like... Yeah, why not? Like, why not, honestly? Because Evan, I do like when he actually is given lines, you know? Yeah, but... although I'm sure in this alternate reality where Storm is a teenager, they'd probably be like, that's enough black characters for the show. We don't need any other ones. Well, for 2001, yeah. Yeah, I know. Although Evan is also barely on the show. I don't know. We're, we're giving the show no credit for this, but we do need to rate the episode. We do. Um, I'm going to give it a four. I really liked it. I don't think it's a five, but I'm I think I was going to say five out of five, but I think you're right. You can. Well, no, I'm not going to, because I'm not going to say that it like really blew my mind because it didn't. I think it did a good job at depicting Jean Grey's powers and hinting at the dark phoenix that we don't get to see on this show yeah like it was good it wasn't like above and beyond like really making me think about gene in a different way it was just like a good episode that did exactly what it needed to do in order to convey this story you know i'm willing to give it like a 4.5 because i think it's almost a five like it's like it's it's not quite mind-blowing but i think it's very close to it i don't know what key changes they could have made I, don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly don't know, like, how I would have written it any differently to make it yeah, a five. Yeah, it's probably just that I feel like I've seen this story so many times that I'm like, okay. But it's like, I'm not really giving it enough credit, maybe, because it's like, this was 2001. Like, I hadn't seen this story so many times. Right. Then. I think the only weak part about this is probably the fact that it is trying to suddenly write in this relationship for gene and scott that mm-hmm. kind of comes out of nowhere as far as we're t- we're able to see you know 
Yeah. And like, I think, I think the other reason why it's not quite a five is that there's all these scenes where it's just not believable that nobody sees anything that's yeah, happening. I mean, and like that's that, like kept yeah. on displacing me from it. And I, it was comical. I laughed at it and I, it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the episode, but it's like not quite like, it's not quite there, but it's very close. It's like a 90% out of a hundred. So mm-hmm. and I definitely don't think it's a skip. I think you should watch it, especially if you enjoy Jean Grey and you like the Dark Phoenix saga, because this is just one of the many times on this show where it hints at the idea that Jean is going to become something Something more. more. Yeah. And like, besides like a two second clip that they show us in the last episode where Xavier's like, I saw into the future and I saw these five things. And it's like, uh, yeah, okay. it is too bad that they couldn't spell out more of Jean's story in the rest of this show, which never happened. Um, but oh, well, this is what we get. And it's still pretty badass, although it's also terrifying. And that's cool. It is. I liked all the spooky horror tropes they used yeah. in this episode. That I was really it. cool. And I also liked everything that everyone was wearing, you know? <laughs> Everybody was like, especially Rogue. She had these fantastic yeah, Rogue's outfits. Rogue's cool party outfit was very, very good. We should definitely post that on the Twitter when the time right. comes. And there's definitely something that's happening this season that was not happening in season where I, one where I feel like there's a use of color that wasn't happening in the first season. Like the first season seems very baby X-Men. It still had these like really dark and serious moments in it. But this season so far has had like a lot like, I feel like the dialogue has just been, like, 100% there. But there's, like, a use of color and tone, which I described in the Boom Boom episode, where, like, she would do stuff with the dad. It was, like, dark and grim. And then she would go to the X-Men and put on a face and suddenly it was bright and cheery. Like, mm-hmm. all the stuff with, like, Jean Grey when she was freaking out, it kind of went into that dark tone again. And then, yeah. whenever, when she was okay and she was, like, sort of, like, getting her shit together and calm, there was always, like, an orange tint to the room. And to the point where, at the very end, where she, like, settled it down it was like literally sunset mm-hmm. i thought that was a really interesting use of color yeah so very cool i think there's just some cool color things going on with this tv show that do not get enough credit so yeah it's a cool show i hope people it is a are cool enjoying show. along with us it's definitely worth watching um yeah. so you want to talk about who's gay the So in this episode, I'm just like suddenly like into the idea that like not Logan, that Duncan and Cyclops are now like fucking in the way that Logan and Cyclops fuck more interested in each other than Gene. Like a huge part of why I gave it a four is because I'm like, it's kind of weird that a huge majority of this episode is about Duncan and Scott. Like, (laughs) why? They're like, just like busy making really out the on the ping pong table. Part of this story is like what Duncan thinks of it all. Like we don't even know this person really. And he's like suddenly a huge fixture in the episode. Like why? Like I, I don't really have an answer to that, but um, I guess it's because you're right. He's supposed to literally be Logan, but he's not, he's not really that much like Logan. I don't, I don't know like because like Duncan's kind of an asshole. And Logan's not really an asshole. Logan no, does give a shit about people. You know what I mean? But like Duncan is just kind of a drip. Like, I, I don't know. He like has this party and is like throwing his soccer ball down the street. Like, I don't know. There's like nothing to him. So like him and Scott yeah. getting obsessed with each other isn't as much fun to watch as Logan and Scott getting obsessed with each other, but it has the same vibe because that's clearly what it's based on and like what they wish it they is but done. like what's so weird about this show is that that vibe is there but also like as these characters are getting older they're also starting to develop these like 
friendships with Logan that's like obviously gonna lead right. into something and later like, on, which Logan is, is weird. Still Logan, like Logan is still like spearheading an apple, like in the in the corner. Like he's yeah, still I like know. the guy we know. But he's like, also I don't know. I feel like he's looking younger and younger on this show as it goes along, and like I don't know what the plan for that was. Like what would happen if Jean Grey grows up? Would he she start dating know. Logan? I it's I like, don't know. This is the problem. The same problem we had with Dark Phoenix, not Dark Phoenix, uh, Apocalypse the movie yeah. when like yeah. Jean Grey frees Logan from Weapon X and like they have like oh, that God. weird sexual moment where he falls in love with this little girl who then grows up. I don't know Logan's in that movie. He had like, to be in every why? fucking movie for some reason. I don't know. The MCU needs to do better. I love Wolverine I, I but like the, those movies are bad. Like I know. I, know. I like X-Men so 2000. I like X-Men 2 even though the, I have a lot of problems with X-Men 2 and 2000 when it comes down to it. I just feel like 2000 is a better metaphor than any of the movies are. Mm-hmm. So Yeah but then and they get really off the rails after x there's like 12 fucking fox films and none of them are very good <laughs> i like, know I'll, is, you know it's funny you say that because like we are gonna watch first class next like it's not that far away that we're going to watch that first like, class is like a fun movie but it's also like not correct at all you know but i mean that's okay i don't mind if they're not correct as long as they're a good movie it's just that like x-men apocalypse like didn't actually make any sense first class is like i would argue that first class isn't like perfect like i i've watched it and i have there's a lot of problems i have with the film as a film however xavier magneto fucking in that movie is fantastic and it is accurate so they get the right things right um anyway who's gay uh so yeah duncan and scott it's a very weird pairing i don't i'm not like super interested in the ship a weird percentage of this episode is about the two of them and like there's not as much scott kurt stuff which is kind of sad because i ship them and i, I do would too. rather they be the focus of the up but um for some reason scott and duncan are so that's that's it i don't really think i have anybody else who i can even say um so that's it that's our show we'll see you Plugs. next time wait what are we next anytime what's next time step oh, in time step five time what's next time what's next time <laughs> Okay, the next episode is Fun and Games, which will have a nice spotlight on Arcade. Ooh, and it's we have, keep seeing cameos of Arcade, so it's we're in due time to see him actually show up on the show for real. Yeah, so, right? Cool. So that's exciting. So let's get yeah. into these plugs, baby. All right. Pluggy. So, Pluggy's here. Is he? I don't know if Pluggy's here. You tell me, Ryan. You tell yeah, me. So not. anyway, go to mutantages.com. <laughs> he's not here because I don't want to do the voice right now. So valid. That is how that's going to go. All right. Yeah. So anyway, we have plugs. Where can you find us? Mutantages.com. I'm just repeating uh, what Maddie's saying. Maddie, why don't you talk? Mutantages.com. 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 And if you were to go to that website, you would find our email address, which is the mutantages at gmail.com. You would find a link to our Discord server. And you would also find our voicemail inbox, which you can call and leave us a message at 1-508-319-1668. Jubilee, please call us. And there's a P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. Yeah, we're going to have another unboxing pretty soon. So get your stuff in. We will have another unboxing pretty soon. Um, we already have a previous unboxing, which is on our YouTube channel, along yes, with a it bunch is. of other stuff. People should definitely be subscribed to the YouTube channel, not just for our three-hour ho- holiday special with Todd and Katie, but for so many other things. Like, that's a good YouTube channel. It's like the companion piece to the podcast. Yeah, we're playing all the video games over there. Sometimes we match yeah, up we the cartoons are. to clips of this show. Sometimes Matt and I do parody videos, yep. mostly of the X-Men, but sometimes we do other shit as well. So mm-hmm. you'll know, there's always fun things to find on there. So check that out. I also have a YouTube channel at Ryan yes, Pagella, 
which is supposed to be an adventure vlog, and it will be. It will be. It already is. You're still adventuring. It, it is, it is, it is, but there hasn't been a whole lot of adventure in 2020. However, I am having slightly higher hopes for 2021, so I am getting out there. I'm doing stuff. You know, when I have a, something big, I'll announce it on here. We also have social media. First of all, you can find the Mutant Ages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, pretty much everywhere. Not TikTok yet. But maybe nope, someday. Not yet. Maybe and someday. And we're individually on uh, those uh, platforms. I'm at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram and I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter. And Maddie is somewhere on the internet as well. <laughs> yeah, I am somewhere on the internet. Usually I'm at Mitty Myers, M I D I M Y E R S on the internet. You can find me. M Y E R S. M I D I M Y E R S. You sing that to yourself. Did I say it wrong? It would be funny if I spelt your name wrong. That would no, be you really funny. No, you spelled it right. Okay, good. It right. You'd be like, you Ryan, how do you job. not know how to spell my four letter last name like after 25 years? It's five years. letters. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, if you have any money, you might want to spend it at the Mutant Ages store where you can get a Time Traveler's Real t-shirt or mug or mask or bag or Mutant Ages logo merch. But you could also go to patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages and pick a tier level that you like. You could pick just the bonus audio tier, get some bonus episodes. You could pick the super double level bonus audio tier where you get copies of my songs, including a Mutant Ages Christmas album, basically. Um, <laughs> and you could also go up even higher. There's all these different levels. You can check them out. But the highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. They sure do. Sampi, Sorampi, Zakas, where are you? I'm lost. I can't see you. Focus Scott, 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 Scott. Can you give me an echo voice on that? Yeah, I will. <laughs> okay, I thank will. you. Love Gene. Love the Phoenix. And I love our top tier Patreon supporters. Yeah, um, but if you can't afford to buy anything on the store or support us on Patreon, if you could give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show on, that'd be great. And if you don't want to write a whole review, leaving us a star reading helps increase our visibility. Not to be yep. confused with our invisibility. Yeah, you want to decrease our invisibility. Yeah, we want to like increase our visibility. Those. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, yes. totally, yes. Okay, so uh, is That's that it? it? Yeah, Holy we did shit. a good job. We did it in like record time. Anyway, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Call me Wolverine because I don't know if you went to get bagels or eggs, but I don't want either of those right now. So you should probably call me. Bye. Yeah. Bye. The mutant ages.